the Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. What is up? Notebook Wager, I'm back for your weekly edition. Smitty and Q in studio. We've got the boys from Pittsburgh with us once again. First off, we are live from the Salisbury Center in Manassas, Virginia, fueled by Monster Energy Drink. The best product on the market. All zero. The best. I'll be having multiple next week. Or the, tomorrow. I don't And next week. I have them every day. Probably tonight. Thing. Probably Probably tonight. tonight. Listen. March madness has been wild. We're going to get to that, but first, the little introduction, Smitty. What's going on? What's going on, guys? Great to be here. A wild weekend. I'm going to say it right now. Very hard gambling weekend. Tough. Um, you Tough. know, we were together Friday having a good. time. We battled though. We yeah, battled. You, you have to. You have yeah. to battle and stuff. So, um, but it was hard. It was. It was exciting. I can't wait to hear what everyone's opinions are and thoughts of the first um, two games that teams have played and now we're ready to go into the sweet 16 so what is going on jason what is happening in pittsburgh tonight um my whole world is crushed <laughs> as of six o'clock today do you want to break the news taking the head coaching job at notre dame and uh my penn state Nittany lions are back in basketball uh netherland and uh I'm going through the various stages of grief right now. So I, I was still in denial up to about 20 minutes ago, and now I'm in reasoning. Uh, well, I'm going to work through all of them, but I'm, I'm going to be okay. Maddie, what do you have to say to that? Uh, I don't care about Penn State. You guys <laughs> I love it. That's like, the answer. <laughs> that a boy, Matt. <laughs> Matt? I, don't, I don't care about Georgetown hoops either. Oh They're both irrelevant. So. We'll touch on that. Ed Cooley. <laughs> and guess hey, what? Uh, Nobody cares about Syracuse hoops either. So we're gonna just throw <laughs> it like that. And, they, so. and you're right. You're right, though. They are irrelevant right now too, and they're probably gonna trend down, which stinks. But I'm ready to go. I'm ready for the Sweet 16. My Vegas hangover is officially gone. Betting hangover hopefully goes away with it. Let's let's roll. Let's kill it tonight. Real quick, Ed Cooley goes to Georgetown. He broke his news. I'll break that. And then Providence has pretty much secured uh, a job already. English. English, and Patino went to St. John's. So yep. A lot yep. of action. And again, English was from where we're at. George Mason did a hell of a job. Hell of a job. Turned that program around. So good hire, I think. I, I think all I think all the hires are. I yeah. mean, again, I, hey, listen, I'm with Jason. I'm a Penn State basketball fan. Not a football fan, but basketball fan. I really like the coach. You know, there was rumors he was going to come to Georgetown. I would have been fine with that too. It, it's tough. It's tough as a Penn State fan to see. It just him sets him back three, four years. It, it will be. You know, Jason's. I, we're not going to go into coaching rumors here. Jason, you know, will probably have more info who they're going to hire. Hopefully, they'll get somebody good and um, continue the process here. All right, let's get into that. All right, uh, recap, quick recap, round one and two. Let's just kind of talk about the biggest talking points. Uh, and I think the biggest one is obviously Fairly Dickinson takes out Purdue. I know everybody was shocked. I didn't necessarily think Purdue was going to cover because Matt Painter doesn't do well in the tournament. And I felt like they were too dependent on Edie down low. Uh, they're shooting. They have good shooters, but they're not consistent. And so 
I wasn't surprised that they didn't cover, but I was surprised that they lost. I, I thought they should at least make it to round two. What's your thoughts? Well, I think that was a game, and I want to hear, you know, I, I called my dad and I said, man, is this one of the, I mean, this this might be the biggest upset of all time. I mean, when you think about basketball upsets, I mean, that has to be right there. This is a team like two weeks ago that we talked about. They didn't even win their conference. They shouldn't have even been in they the should. tournament. And Merrimack, again, for our listeners, Merrimack was the team that won the conference yep. and won the tournament. And But they've coming in now for to Division One basketball for like now, it seems like it's been like yeah. five years and they're still not allowed in. And we talked about it. Um, but I mean, I'd love to hear the guys. I mean, there's. Can spit- I say this real quick? Yeah. I think Merrimack could have knocked them off too. Well, I mean, they played well, and I mean, a lot of people had like Memphis or Florida Atlantic beating them in the second round. Yeah. Yep. My yep. thing was, I mean, if you really look at this, a 16 seed, and then the the team that beat Virginia as another 16, because I think it's only happened twice. Yes, uh, UMBC. Yes, and UMBC, they said if they matched up, somebody said it. They said Fairleigh Dickinson would have blown them out. I heard the point. Or no, no, no. UMBC would have, yeah. I heard the point spread would have been minus seven UMBC against Fairleigh Dickinson. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bigger upset. I mean, you think about upsets in basketball. Like, you go back to, like, Ralph Sampson and Sean. I think it was Shaman on the uh, Maui Classic that beat him or whatever that was. There, That was a big upset. Yeah, and absolutely. It, it's amazing. And, you know, there's been some Purdue people not very happy with that. What, what? Maddie, are you upset in college basketball? Can you just answer that really quick? Where does that rank in your college basketball upsets? Man, um, it's top five for sure. I mean, you, you guys summed it up already. UMBC, Purdue's got to be in there. I mean, I know it's not like the rankings, but Villanova beating Georgetown is still super high. Well, I think that um, game I'm himself sure to shoot, what, 90%? Whatever they did, yeah. But I mean, they they had no size. Ed Pigney was their biggest, yeah. and they got to yeah. guard Ewing, all American. Yeah. It's yeah, up absolutely. there. There's some other ones. The George Mason run, probably you could probably go back and find something there. I'm not sure who they played, but I was going to say something. Q, you said uh, you were surprised though that Purdue lost because they were so reliant on Edie. Yet I don't think he shot in the last 14 minutes, 16 minutes, or he, something. Well, I don't think shot, they could so. get it to him. I think he shot. I agree with oh, you. Oh, come on. He's seven. He's seven. No, no, no. I, what I, what I'm saying, like, yes, you can dump the ball to a 7-4, but they just kept doubling them, and I don't think they felt confident to kind of throw it in there. That's, you, well, that's all painter because I know, agree. Like, throw it into them. I agree. Let them go to the hoop and at least draw a freaking foul. Make I mean, them make the dumb. play. That's, that's, that's all Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I agree with you, but I'm just saying from their perspective, I don't think they were confident enough to dump it in, but I agree. It's kind of like you make somebody say no because they might say yes. Make them make the play. If they do, tip your hat to them, but force them. Yeah. Put I the mean, ball in play. He's, yeah. a college play. he's the college player of the year. How do you not get him touches down the stretch when you're in a, a tight I, ball game? And I agree. What we know is going to be a grind of a tournament. Yep. Yep. Jason, what's your thoughts? Yeah, no, Edie looked like he was in Oz and all the munchkins were right around him. Like, yeah. that's what it really looked like. Like, Purdue cannot figure anything out to get him free. They... They basically just cheated like crazy and said, somebody else will beat us, and if you pass it to one of your shooters, we will close out before they get there. And yeah. they were fast enough to pull it off. I mean, that strategy probably works uh, maybe, what, two out of ten times? But it was pretty clear that the FDU just kept gaining confidence as the game was on, that this game plan worked. Yeah. They were just, it was feeding into it. And Purdue's confidence, you could see, was shrinking. Like, nobody wanted to shoot those shots. 
Like Edie was the only guy out there doing anything. I agree. Like, everybody else. I don't think did Braden Smith even score their point guard. I don't. Think I don't he think did. he did. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I was going to jump gonna in. Say, I think he went. I thought he went one for something, but I could okay. Be wrong. He he probably did. I mean, he, he had the ball for 38 minutes. Yeah, I think he got yeah. one of them up. But like nobody wanted to be the other guy in that or that team. And like I just you got to blame Painter because you could see it if you're watching a game. You've seen Purdue do this what now four out of the last five years or something like that. Uh, it looks exactly yeah. like all those upsets. Like you can just tell that they're quicker than us. We're not making any adjustments. Like, he had to have an idea. Now, granted, there was a little bit of an advantage for FDU that he didn't know he was playing them until Tuesday. But, you know, still. I mean, you're the number, you've been the number one team in the nation for the rest of the year. It was a poor job. They, they played their game. FDU was just really quick. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. My alma mater is down at FDU. I love Jason, you could, Jason, you could coach your, your son's team and have two days' notice and get a better game plan than that. And that dude has ten assistants, if not more. I agree. And you have no assistants. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how many. Yeah, well, no, yeah, no. It's just a failure. Like they, they need to recruit differently. They have too many of the same guy. And yeah, I'm, can let me jump guy. in here really quick with because I want to brag up Jason really quick because Jason's been on this team, I think two years now, and I've been kind of higher on Purdue. And Jason always will text and say, "Slow down, Smitty. You know, there's not guys that can really step up. And this year especially, he has said this. Yeah, and he has said, "I'm really worried about the guards." Yeah, handling he said pressure, it all season long. Shooting the ball. Who's going to step up and shoot the ball? Well, we're talking right now, this again. And Jason, and I'm going to brag Jason up here for a second because he has said this all year. This team cannot, no one can step up. And that's what I've heard on show after show after show. Yeah. Nobody would step up and make that key jumper that they really needed or a three-point shot. No one was there. So, yeah. Jason, great job on that. Thank you. I have, I have one quick uh, kind of rebuttal, though. Didn't uh, Jaden Ivy play for them last year? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So, <clears throat> yes. Well, he can score in the NBA. They definitely have had a score or two. It's all Matt Painter. I I, I, I don't think it's it. consistency it's though. I mean, Jason and I, and we'll move on after this because we have a bunch to, to talk oh, I'm about. I'm down on Purdue too, but I mean, I'm just trying to play like devil's advocate. Like they've had a score. No, well, I yeah, but again, score, they can't win with a big. We've said it though. They have scores. Yes, they have guys that can shoot better than most schools across the country, but they don't. They're not knockdown assassins that you need. They're not a JJ Redick. They're not a Jaden Ivy. You know, obviously, Adi. It is what it is. He didn't have the greatest tournament last year, but he's not a John Morant in a tournament. These guys that you can just count on to say, you know what, we're down four or we're down three, go get the dub. They didn't have that. They don't have that. They. When was the last time they've had a guy that can just shoot the lights out of the gym consistently? I mean, yeah, we can all do it in practice. We can do it through the course of Robbie a season. Humble. I mean, yeah, Rob, yeah. yeah <laughs> but on way how long has that been? Doing a great job in the booth right now. And, you know, here's the thing, too. It, it's just younger guards. We talked about this two weeks ago that one of the things I look at at these teams is guys that can handle the backcourt being veteran guys, being there, yeah, seniors, juniors that have been there. Well, you don't have that in college basketball It's anymore. tough. That team was young. And, again, a lot of people did not have them losing that game. Yeah. But they had them losing the same I think game. our play is actually hurt by the one and done in the G League, personally. I, I think if guys didn't you know, have to leave after a year or the, the transfer portal thing didn't really exist to the extent or the leniency that it has, like you would see teams – like Houston, where they have Sasser, Sheed, you would see multiple guys of junior, senior year who could just shoot. They play good basketball and they could grow, but you don't see that. They don't play 
for their first year they transfer. And I mean, real quick, and then we can we got to yeah, dive yeah, into these yeah. games, but. That team did not crumble that second game either, man. They were right there. Well, uh, they, they, they it's played a smaller well. they, school. They ran their they play system. Te- they play team basketball. That was that was a great game. That was yeah. one game this yeah. weekend that was really up and down. Yeah. Both teams made runs in that game. Yep. And again, this is what makes some of these guys, you know, like Penn State, a couple wins, guys going to Notre Dame. I know Jason's going to be on. We're going to watch him tonight and make sure we have calls <laughs> on his house and everything. But the second thing is that guy from Fairleigh Dickinson just got a job at Iona and Patino left. He got it fits the system. And a lot of people said, "Oh, I don't see that." Well, he did pretty well, I think, last year too. He's he's yeah. earned that job. And yeah, like I agree. Jason said, a great thing, and then we're done here. He's going to fit that team well because I Iona, like since the old, even the coach before Patino, man, they like to get up and go yeah. a little bit. So that system's going to play well there um, for Iona. That's a good hire, I think. All right, let's move on. The last kind of big point that I had, and then we'll break these games. We really got to stay quick on this. The The officiating has been so across the board for this tournament, whether it's moving screens, the charges. Like it, Obviously, I know it's, it's not going to be perfect, but this year just seems way more inconsistent than most. More moving screens called, more charges called. Like it's, It almost seems like teams couldn't get in a rhythm, and they were almost scared because they really didn't know how to play with Ethan officiating and then Jason and I talked some of these games it was like you're calling them the ticky tackiest foul but then on a loose ball it's a bloodbath at midcourt and there's no whistle and and I'm sitting there thinking like this is two different games within the same court I don't see it like you've got to make it consistent you got to let these teams kind of get in a rhythm and say okay we're going to play aggressive or we're going to play tentative and and make us play that way but to 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 choke on the whistle in one moment and then blow it as hard as you can on the next it just inconsistency across the board made to me it stand out to some of these teams what's your guys is like super quick thoughts Oh yeah, no. I mean, the the first four games. I think that was we were talking about that cue. That first, very first first four game was initiated. That was basically MMA. Well, even even West Virginia, Maryland, West Virginia, Maryland was a brawl at half court. Yeah, those two coaches have no problem mixing it up. So it it really depends on the teams too. Because I mean, obviously Tennessee pulled some WWE stuff at the start of the Duke game. Yeah, yeah, because. Duke has a reputation this year of being a little bit soft. You know, I agree. Wilting away from that stuff. And uh, it was pretty clear Barnes made it a, like, hey, we're going to be really physical. I don't know if he meant them to be that physical. <laughs> or they're getting, <laughs> the guys are getting bladed. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> but, wild. Uh, like I said, it definitely affects how the flow of the game. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I there I think you're right, though. There's definitely been a, some refs have definitely been tighter than others. Yeah. Some regions have let them play. And it, it definitely favors one side over the other. Western and Maryland probably doesn't favor anybody. They, they do that all day if they. Yeah. Oh, that was. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I jumped on a, a spot with Smitty last night for the Sharp Angle Syndicate guys. Uh, and we talked about this. Man, if you were in the paint. You better have your you better have your big boy chin strap on because they let them bang. Yeah, which I'm all for. But yeah, dude, too many ticky tacks. I don't mind the moving screens and stuff like that because I think a lot of people do get away with it. Well, I do but too. But you, you got to be consistent on it. Yeah, well, I think these crews are all made up of all stars, so they don't know who's good at doing what, sure. et cetera. Yeah, so, but yeah, yeah, some of the ticky tacks are just crap. But the the brawling underneath, I I hope they let it go because I liked it. I mean, eighties pistons. I think that's one of the reasons though <laughs> we hit so many unders. Like the the tournament yeah. trend was on unders unders. So. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you're you're gonna know in like five to ten minutes how the game's gonna get officiated, and then you gotta adjust. And yeah. good teams adjust. 
they're going to, and like, you know, Tennessee was one on Saturday. I had Tennessee best bet on Sharp Angle Syndicate. And you guys were texting right away. You're like, Jason said that. He goes, man, they're punching Duke in the face. And I'm like, good. Punch yeah. Duke in the face. I need, I need it right now. And, but I agree with Matt too. It needs to be consistent. And I, I like it that you're letting these guys play. Now, you can't, it can't get out of hand, but adjust. Good teams adjust where the game's going to go. If it's going to be very ticky-tack, then you've got to adjust. If they're going to let it go, then let it roll, and let's see what happens. All right, let's see. Uh, we're going to talk Sweet 16. We'll see if the consistency improves. Uh, now you start to consolidate to the better officiating crew is kind of what it sounds like, so I would think that this stuff kind of gets smoothed out to an extent. But let's break down these games real quick. Michigan State, Kansas State is your first Thursday night. 6.30 dinner time game. Get out the TV trays because we are not sitting as a family. We're gambling as a family. <laughs> Kansas State plus one and a half over under 137 and a half. I would imagine in this game the under trend continues. I think that's a good bet. I love the trend. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Do you remember those like old 19th I have when them. you're like our age? I like have old trays. You're, yeah. you're a grandma's and you brought the tray out. That's fantastic. Great I think, there, yeah, I mean, I have them. I'll be breaking them out. Uh, we're going to the beach, so I have them at the condo. We're going to not sit at the table. We're going to sit on the couch, watch the game. There we go. Uh, Kansas State, I think, wins this game in an under. I think it's going to be close. Michigan State doesn't impress me overall this year. They really rely on Hauser and a couple other guys to hit the three, and I kind of think this is where the run ends. Everybody says don't you know don't fade is Owen March. Bottom line is the guy's only won one national title. I'm not taking anything from him, uh, but I think Kansas State's run right now is real. I think Kansas State, especially with Marquise Newell, or as Calipari called him, that little kid, he's coming back home, getting to play in Madison Square Garden. I think he's going to ball out and kind of have like a Kobe game uh, in front of his family. He gets to play in front of them. I really like the kid. He's playing with heart. He kind of reminds me of like a Shabazz Napier, a little undersized, but is just hitting drop dead, you know, knockout punch shots. I think Michigan State's guards kind of uh, sit back on this. So give me Kansas State. I actually like them. Plus the money, plus a teaser in the under and the money line. I this is this is probably my favorite bet of Sweet Sixteen. Go ahead, boys. Yeah, this all leans for me here. I want to see where the lines go, maybe overnight and into tomorrow before I do official plays here. Well, I believe they started as favorites and then it flipped. Yeah, Michigan so. State. Yeah, Michigan yeah. State's favorite right now. You know, both these teams. You know, Michigan State likes the jumper. Kansas State sometimes you got to take it to the rim a little bit on. And them. they can. Well, they, well, Kansas State can. Well, I'm saying Michigan State has oh, to get to the I rim agree. on there because I, I think that's where it's opening here. Yeah. Now, both these teams have to shoot well because last time Michigan State only shot, I think, two of 16 from three-point land um, against uh, – I'm losing who they played. Marquette. Uh, Marquette, thank you very Marquette. much. Kansas State was only 5 of 21 against Kentucky on Sunday. And if you really watch that game, those some of those threes – came really late in that game that were big. Now, Q said about the point guard, he took over that game for them. Uh, Michigan State, Walker and Hauser are the two big players on this. I personally like Michigan State in this. I like where they're at. I liked them against USC. My lean right now is Moneyline, Michigan State. Matty, what do you got? You. Go Wildcats. I love You're it. right. We'll be against Smitty for sure. Uh, I think Kansas State is the best player on the court and Keonta Johnson. Newell from from Harlem, man. He's going to pack that place. They're going to pack that place. Manhattan, I think it shows Kansas out. Is gonna, Manhattan, Kansas is going to tra- uh, travel to Manhattan, New York, basically a big garden. This is going to be a great game. Give me the points for sure. 
and I'm actually going to put a little on the money line. I'm with you, Q. I think, I think it's just, uh, I know Tang is the new coach, but he's got one thing going. He's not afraid of anything. He really hypes these guys up. And I know Izzo's good, and Michigan State is good, but they're not flashy. I just, I don't think they have enough. I think, I, I actually either. think Kansas State's going to shoot better than they did against Kentucky, and they beat Kentucky, who in my eyes is actually better than Michigan State. So, yeah, give me Kansas State. I don't know. I really, I really don't. I actually, I think this game actually might go over. Just looking at it, um, it's it, it's a really even matchup. Like you look at it, but backcourts are really good for both teams. They have big guys up front that you know aren't as involved with the scoring. I mean, uh, I mean, I can understand the love for K State, but I think Michigan State has kind of been the most consistent team in the Big Ten um, because they can score and they can defend. It's really the only team that can do both. Uh, I really don't have a pick. I like I said, I actually think I like the over in this game. I think it's my to even go. A little extra overtime. This is a really even matchup. I don't even think personally, and I'll skip to the next game. Had Marquette's Kolick shot halfway decent, had they not acted like they weren't even in the game, I don't think Michigan State would have got to this point. See, I think Kentucky was should have been up by about twenty on Kansas State early in that game. I think they completely outplayed. I, no, I I agree. I I mean, I had Kentucky. If Reeves doesn't go one for fifteen, yep. this this is Kentucky, and I I agree with that. But I think on the court. The two best players are Keontae Johnson down low. He can shoot a three. He hit a big one. And I think the Marquise Newell story, that's just the uh, – that puts it over the edge for me. I think they're getting hot at the right time, and I just think in the matchup they're the better team. But we'll find out. <clears throat> We're going to move on. Hey, they, that's the why they four, play baby. the game. That's why they play the game. <laughs> All right. So hey, them, State's going to the four. Yeah, I like it. Cash the ticky, Matt. Yeah, turn it out there. All right, so then we have Thursday at 7.15. It's going to be your dessert round. Get out the creme relays because UConn is playing Arkansas, which I think from a coaching standpoint is going to be the most electric game. You've got Musselman ripping his shirt off, pounding his chest. you got Hurley. I think I saw him downstairs. He's <laughs> he's downstairs. It is live. If you're at the Salisbury Center, do us a favor. Stop by the studio. Go downstairs. Enjoy yourself because it is popping downstairs. But Hurley... That guy is mother effing the, the the refs. His son's in the game with like 30 seconds left. That guy was co- – and they're up, what, 15, and they're just going to town. This is going to be electric. This is a tight game, and, and I think Connecticut is the better team on paper. Where I lean is I actually like the points in Arkansas because I think Musselman is a better coach, and I think in this moment than – you know, Hurley has lost some games he probably shouldn't have, made some bad mistakes in his career uh, in big games. I think Musselman doesn't make those mistakes. Give me that. And I think Arkansas, uh, I think his name's Nate. What, who's their best player? Nate Smith, Nick Smith. They said he, Nick Smith, Nick Smith has been struggling so bad. The story is after the game, he's in the, the locker room, bawling his eyes out, out of frustration. And I think he finally kind of breaks through. The guy's a lottery pick. He's struggling right now. I think he gets there and gets right. I would take the points here. Yeah, I think I said this last night on the spot that myself and Matt did. I think UConn, now Jason would be better at the Ken Palm stuff. I think this is, Connecticut is one of those teams that's in the top 20 offense and defense. Jason, you're going to do they a headbutt? They okay, are, yeah. Good. Okay, good. I'm on that. Um, I like this play. I, I do like what – I kind of like some of the dogs here This this going into yeah. the next two days here, especially in a teaser. If you like teasers, maybe jack it up. I think it's going to be a great game. I do like Moneyline Parlay matching Connecticut with somebody else because I do think Connecticut wins this game. 
you know, Arkansas has to shoot a little better. They shot three of 15 from three point land against Kansas. UConn yeah. definitely shoots better. Yeah. So, and the guards, the guards were the key for Arkansas the last couple games here. The big guy underneath for Connecticut's really good. They get at you. I, I do like Connecticut to win a game. What What's the spread really quick on this? Four and a half. Four and a half. Four, four, yeah. four and a half. See, I, I like the money line parlay. I like to match Connecticut maybe with somebody else that you really like and go there. But in a teaser spot, I really like Arkansas on this. I think it's going to be a tight game. And like you said, I think it's going to be very electric. I think this is going to be just intense and it's going to be a fantastic game. You, man, you and I are going to be in cahoots a lot, I think, so yeah. far. I'm 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 Team Arkansas here. Nick Smith's going to shoot better. Like Smitty said, they need to shoot better. Yeah, I, I almost they're going to shoot better. They're too they, good to shoot they, this poorly. That's right. They can't keep it up. I mean, you, they basically have two lottery picks: Nick Smith and I think the other kid Black is supposed yes. to also go yeah. really high. I mean, I know UConn's big. They're also super careless with the ball. They're they're, they're a turnover machine that's waiting to happen. Yeah, they love the foul. I think if this gets close, I mean, I'm probably going to take Arkansas with the points here for uh, my pick on this game. No, it makes a lot of sense. It really comes – Arkansas can shoot from three. We've seen that. And both these teams are gigantic. Like, I mean, Arkansas's point guard is 6'7". I think UConn's starting backcourt is both 6'5". It's just a – it's basically two NBA teams running around out there size-wise. Um, yeah. I think the biggest difference is UConn's guards. Uh, Arkansas, I mean, Council's a great scorer, but it's got to come from inside the arc. And what's called UConn that they've shown they have range. They showed against St. Mary's. They were hitting tons of threes from the outside. Um, again, the offenses as good as UConn, basically top fifty offenses. Uh, Arkansas is four and ten this year, but the margins are tight. So taking the points is definitely not a bad play here. The only thing you can get away from here is Arkansas having to foul a bunch if they're down. Um, yeah. they can kind of screw up the point spread. But I like UConn to win. Uh, I have UConn in the Final Four, Maddie, which is not nearly as aggressive as K State, but. Uh, I do think they get out of this one basically because Arkansas' shooting was. But I do admit, the turnovers are a concern because Arkansas is very good at forcing turnovers, and UConn can be careless with both fouls and turnovers. So that would be the bugaboo that gets them. And I would take Musselman over Hurley if it heads up on a coaching matchup because Hurley just loses his mind too often. I agree. Who would you take in an arm, who would you take in an arm wrestling match, Musselman or Hurley? 100%. Pound for pound, Musselman. But... <laughs> <laughs> when you take your shirt off drinking guy. Cokes. Really a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tennessee, Florida Atlantic is probably my most boring game of the slate. I like Tennessee in a money line parlay. I think Florida Atlantic, like I, I do think they're a good team. I think they're deserving to be in a Sweet 16. I'm not taking anything from them. What concerns me, though, is Jason brought it up to me. Middle Tennessee State is, sim- is probably the most similar school that they've played uh, in comparison to Tennessee. And Tennessee is one of the best defensive teams in the country. They obviously don't have Ziegler, which is a huge... If, if they had Ziegler, I think this is probably a 9.5, 10-point spread. They don't. So I think Viscovi hitting perfect, you know, timely shots, which he does. He doesn't get rattled. And I think the defensive ability of Tennessee is really going to hurt FAU's opportunities. Now, FAU is a really good... They shoot like 38% from the three-point line, which is great as a team. Uh, they have really good guards they can score, but Tennessee's going to be in their face, and I think they're going to make them uncomfortable, and you're going to see that number drop because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Tennessee only allows like 27 or 28% three-point shooting. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be a pretty game by any means, but I think Tennessee defensively and timely will make the, uh, 
uh, the best plays and they'll come out with a close win. Yeah, I think what we said earlier in the show is big. What Tennessee might try to muscle up early in this game again. Yeah, and just try to intimidate them a little. Oh, bit. I think like, they're going to try to scare I, I them, like they did against Duke. Absolutely. So again, if the officiating is calling quick on this, okay, now we're into something here. Yeah. I think I do have that down on my little card here. I got the index cards tonight, everyone. Just to let you know, and little them. index cards here tonight. So Tennessee does shut down the three point shooting, and you know this team's going to have to do it. This man, you know. Teaser-wise, I said this a lot in football. I think this is a good spot either way. I, I think Tennessee, I like your money line play. Yeah. I think they're going to win the game. But I think this one, looking at some other numbers, I think this one could be a little tight too. I think this team could hang with Tennessee a little bit. It depends on the officiating, in my opinion. You, you were doing so good. Uh, Matt, we so got to separate good. the men from the boys, See, and this is here right this now. This is actually, this is actually, I think, my favorite game on this really? Thursday slate. Yeah, and I hate the way Tennessee plays. Now, I'm going to flip Slow. your script because Tennessee did so well guarding the three because no one in the SEC could actually shoot the three. Fair. They were the worst conference shooting. So this team that they're playing in, in Florida Atlantic, they are going to spread them out. They had six guys chuck up over 100 threes. Yeah. And I think Tennessee's going to struggle. Here's why. Because they're going to want to bang inside. Yeah. Well, FAU actually still has two really big guys, so they're not going to get away with just going in there and brawling and whatnot and thinking they're going get to get like easy hoops. Sure. I think, I think Florida Atlantic's going to run these guys. I'm actually going to look at an over. And I'm actually going to play FAU plus the points and FAU money line. Money. What, what's the, I, think si- this is the, I think this is the upset of the, of the night. What's the size of that big guy for them underneath? Seven. Is, is he a seven, seven one? Seven one. Okay. Yeah. Surely look like a seven footer on TV. Yeah. Seven one. And then I think the other kid's six, nine, uh, they're forward. Rosada. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Looking at some of the but stats and pretty- real quick, Jay, look at some things I look at. I, I think this is, this is a great teaser spot for Florida Atlantic, I think, in sure. a way. Like I said, I think you could go either way. I think Tennessee does squeak it out, but I agree with Matt. Matt said some great things there. I think this is going to be – I think they're going to have Tennessee on the ropes because, you know, like you guys said, I just want to make one more point here with Barnes. You know, when I took them, everyone was going, oh, Barnes, Barnes. He's 3-14 and 14 last 17 ATS in the tournament here. Everyone's patting them on the back. Big win against Duke because so many people had Duke, like – going to the final four and then that's a big win do they get surprised they could sorry jason go ahead no no, no. i just the one thing with fau is a concern is that everyone else is tiny like that's it they have two big guys and, and you know tennessee has some monsters but it's gonna be interesting because we just saw tennessee's like best performance of the year like that was their best yeah, game like they sure. hit everything they hit their so shots you have to be careful that you're not that team's not, that team's not showing up thursday now whether it's bad enough to get you lost, lose the Florida Atlantic. It's a whole different thing, but that's I think you have to watch with them. And then um, San Diego State's kind of in the same boat, where you saw them at their best last time you saw them. So be careful. Remember all the other stuff you saw during the season, where you're like, "Geez, like when uh, Tennessee played Auburn and didn't like anybody was trying to score." Um, this is yeah, I like FAU in this matchup because I think they have back door cover potential too because they do hit the three. Um, Tennessee is big; they can guard them. Um, like you said, nobody in SEC hits threes, but I think Tennessee can adjust their defense for that, too. They still can guard. It's more, can Viscovi case stay out of foul trouble? Because if they lose him, they're done. 
Like yes. That offense will grind down just like it did against Louisiana in the first round where they kind of couldn't hit, do anything for 10 minutes and let them back in the game. Yeah. That's your biggest concern with Tennessee. Uh, I will take it the Atlantic, Florida Atlantic for points. I do think Tennessee comes out of this one, though. They sweat, but they win. All right, we're going to speed things up just a little bit faster. Gonzaga-UCLA is probably my favorite matchup. I think both these teams are electric. Obviously, we're going to say Clark, as we've talked, and everybody on Twitter will say it, nausea. He's out. That's a big loss for UCLA. 17 years to the day is the Adam Morrison collapse that we all remember. I kind of think there's a little... Now, Suggs did get revenge two years ago. He hit the buzzer beater three. But I kind of think Gonzaga's still holding on to that that uh, Adam Morrison thing, and and I like Timmy. I think if Timmy's starting to uh, run the fingers through his Fu Manchu, and he's you know starting to flip the hair, and he's you know pumping up the crowd, he pumps up the crowd better than most kids in college basketball. I'm there for it. Shoots really good from the three throw line. He everything runs through him. They they have an NBA style offense, which I think bodes really well against a stout UCLA team. I think this game could go over with a 145 and a half. Give me Gonzaga. I just think that they're going to outshoot them, especially without Clark there. That's just kind of where I lean. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Gonzaga, I think it's their year to continue to go. Yeah, this this might be my favorite game of the whole the next two nights here. I think this is going to be a great out in Vegas, man. I think Messiah Muss is going to be there. Fred's going to be there watching this game. You know, what's the guard play? Tim, like you said, t- everything ran through Timmy against TCU, man. That whole game. And then it opened up a little bit with the guards. My key for the Zags are the guards going to show up. Campbell has to play a little better. Did not shoot well um, last game for uh, UCLA. Uh, Singleton, I think, is going to be okay. Uh, rolled the ankle, but I think he should be fine on this. Oh, last stat. I don't mean to cut Go you ahead. off. No, you're fine. UCLA last two games has shot 50%. I think there's some regression. Yeah, and here's the big key on this. T, uh, the Zags, 16 out of 25, 64% free throw shooting um, against TCU. That better improve. Guard plays the key. Down low, can they stop Timmy? That's the question for UCLA. I think this game's really tight. And I love, and one real quick, I, I disagree with you, Hanier. And Matt said this on the spot last night, and I agreed with Matt. I think this game's an under. I think UCLA is going to really slow this game down. If UCLA wins, it's an under. If it goes over, Gonzaga wins. Yep. Like, great. You look at UCLA's losses, they're all against top 50 offenses. They're one in three against top 10 offenses. Gonzaga's the best offense in Ken Palm ratings here. So Gonzaga's the number one right. offense, I, I think, in the country. Yeah, I don't think UCLA has enough firepower to play a fast game, so Cronin has to slow it down. I like the Zags uh, trying to speed it up, and uh, I think they outscore them. Yeah, if, if UCLA had their full complement of players, oh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm all about UCLA. Sure, but absolutely. absolutely. They'd I, win a national title. I just think, yeah, I just think the Zags have too much right now. Cronin's going to try his best. I am with Smitty, though. I think this is an under. He's going to try to get this to a snail's pace. Keep them low, hopefully a 65-66 kind of game. So, uh, this see, I'm less intrigued by this game than the others. Um, we know what these two teams are. Yeah. I, I'm more interested in the FAU team. But, yeah, give me the under on this one. I don't have a play on, like, the, the uh, actual winner, but I'd lean Zags money line. All right, this is a stay away for me. I'm just going to be excited to watch it. San Diego State, Alabama, Alabama land 7.5, over under 137.5. I just don't know what team we're going to get out of SDSU. Like like Jason just said, they played perfect basketball last week. 
they're probably the best defensive team out uh, that Alabama is going to play in this tournament until you get to potentially a national title. Um, if UCLA was to somehow get there, have, what's their gas tank looking like? Have they just run out of gas? They've played tough games. You know, they had a tough one against uh, Charleston. They had another tough, you know, initial start, and then they kind of pulled away uh, towards halftime. And then took it away in the second half. I just, Bama's so good. They got the best player in the country, in my opinion, on their team. Now, they do rely heavily on a three, and they don't shoot the three at a, at a great clip. Percentage-wise, they just shoot a million of them, so some are going to go in. They do have the size, though. That concerns me. Has San Diego State just kind of run out of gas from two tough games? I don't know. It's a stay away from me. I love San Diego. State great team, though. Great storyline. Yeah, I, lo- I love this team. I, I really can't wait for this one, too. You know, the thing with this, they have three guards that can play really well. I think they're going to be a great defensive team. Can they score? If Bama's scoring quick in this and they get behind, then we're in trouble here. I think it's a lot of points in this. I really like San Diego State in this. You know, big second half for Bama against Maryland. They did not shoot the three-point well. Uh, six out of 21. And we've said, I mean, you've said to me many times. that Bama relies on it. That's what they rely on. If they're struggling against this team, I think they're in trouble here. Miller, again, good player. Didn't have a great game. 5 of 17 from the floor, 2 of 6 from uh, three-point. Did end up with 19. Their other guard that only averages about, uh, I think, 8 a game is the one that's been scoring for them. I think this game's close. I would not be shocked if the Aztecs can win this game. I, I, I'm going Aztecs in this. Woo. I don't know if they can win. I think, this is, I think this is roll tide, and I think this is an easy one. I think we get the stinky Mountain West conference game that is still left in these guys. Bama matches up too well with them. You said best player in the country, best player on the court is going to be Miller. However, when they put uh, Quinterly, the point guard, into the starting lineup, They've blown teams out by nine. That's that's the guy, Maddie. That I yeah. Quinterly's that's, good. That's the name right there. Only average since, date, but he's since really they figured out since they figured out an optimal lineup with that kid at the point guard. They're killing people. I think San Diego State's going to hang with them. the The key with Bama is they can play slow. They can actually play fast because they're both they're great on defense. They're great on offense. And Miller's going to get rolling here sooner or later. I actually think they win by double digits. I think there's going to be a stinky poo poo platter out of the gate. Yeah, I'm on board with Maddie. I don't, I don't trust San Diego State's guards. I know it's a good defensive team, but you know, one thing Bama doesn't get enough credit for is they're a really good defensive team. They're three in Ken, Ken Palm, 88.3, so 8.8 points of possession. That's really good. San Diego State, one and four, or one and four against top 50 defenses this year. I think that continues. So give me Bama, late points. Many nope. tease that sucker down and take Bama. Yeah, definitely nope. tease them down. Nope, tease them up. Go Aztecs. All right, here's an interesting game. Horse two. Miami and Houston, uh, they're very similar teams offensively, opposite teams defensively. Houston laying seven and a half, trying to get to the host city for the final four, over under 138 and a half. This game it could be tight or it's going to be a blowout. There's no middle of the row, in my opinion. Colton Wong, I'm just talking to my old man who's a Miami fan, Saturday before you came, Smitty. I, he says, hey, what's your thoughts? And I said, I told you Friday that if Colton Wong gets on fire and he put up 27 points, Miami can hurt a lot of teams, again, especially Indiana. And they did. I mean, they beat Indiana from the jump. They have great cards. They got, uh, they've got they got Nigel Pack, the TCU guy. Miller. You've, Miller. Oh you've got Colton Wong. Now you've got your center back who's playing at 100%. The problem is he's one good rebounder on a team, 
and Houston can rebound with everybody. That's what scares me. If they lock down Wong, and we talked about it, Jason, Miami is, in one moment, they look like a national title contender, and then the next you're sitting there scratching your head like, what the hell are they doing? What are they doing jacking these shots up? Like, they could just be a wreck, and they can kill themselves. I think they beat themselves more than they actually lose uh, to their opponent. I think Houston's just going to be a little too much for them. I think even though Wong, I think it's they're going to have a good game, but Houston's defense, I think, is going to kind of throw a little wrench in their thing. And Houston can run. And Miami wants to run, but so can Houston with Sheed. And Sasser looked very healthy last uh, last game in the second half. It's not like Miami can get out on a run and outscore teams because Houston's going to be right there with them. So this is a stay away for me uh, from a points perspective because I just don't know what Miami Hurricanes team is going to show up. But I do like Houston in a money line parlay. I think that's a lock. Yeah, I like this Miami team. I took them Sunday night, my best bet on Sharp Angle Syndicate, and it was a big winner against Indiana. They blew them out here. You're not dumb for if you take their points. I, I no, I love it, and I said it on the on the pod we did last night. Myself and Matt, I think one of the I think Bama or Houston's going to lose. One of them's going to lose, and that was my bold prediction here. I I like this Miami team now. Not very deep. I agree. Not very deep. The three guards are key: Pack, Wong, and, and Miller. Yeah. like you said. The big guy underneath with the ankle, he had 17 rebounds last game, so he's he's healthy. Sasser came back, had 22 points. He looked healthy. Uh, the point guard, uh, Sheed, was a little banged up. You know, didn't I don't I don't think he played fantastic in the last game. Again, man, they put on a show, man. Auburn was up 10 at half, and it looked great. I think that woke him up. And that woke him up, yeah, and they really ran him out of the gym. So Miami's going to have to play well. I think you made a great point, Q. Do they have enough guys that can rebound the ball? Because the Cougars can get after the glass pretty good. Got to use your speed for Miami. I think it's a close game. I I like Miami in this game. I'm not saying money line, but take the points with Miami. Go ahead, Jason. Oh, no, I'm with you, sweetie. I like Miami in this game, too. Um, Houston plays slow, really slow. I think that's going to be Miami's benefit because, like you said, they don't go deep. So the problem is they have they have one post. If that guy gets in foul trouble, um, that will be a long day because they have no one else to throw up. That so killed him last year against Kansas. Like That big guy Absolutely. got in foul trouble, and they got gutted. Yeah. You know, Houston doesn't kind of operate that way like Kansas. Like Kansas will throw the ball in the post all day. Sure. Like Houston really doesn't play that way. They play five out. You know, they kind of flash. They got the two good guards, but Miami's got like three good guards. So it's going to be really interesting um, because they will play whatever Miami wants to do. I think the two guards will control that. Um, but yeah, I just, like I said, I know they looked healthy. I know this is the same similar situation. We saw Houston's best half of basketball in a long time. Yeah. Um, at the, end, the second half of that game in a road game. That was even more impressive about it. Um, but I just, that's Miami team. I, I can't kill them. But like I said, I just, they play with, it's like you and I talked about, they live on that edge of like reckless and like fearless and uh, somehow it comes off and that's what you want in an underdog so I'm going to take the cane Jason while I talk real quick can you find Miami's defensive efficiency for me I got it right here 101.7 but 108 rating if they can just get that to 75 (laughs) whatever that is if they could drop that down this team is super dangerous Yes, I'm, I'm on board with you guys give me Miami Plus the points. They actually shoot a better field goal percentage by quite a bit over Houston. Better three-point shooting team. Better foul shooting team by 5%. If the big guy's healthy, can grab those boards, keep it close, and if they can just get a couple of stops, I think they have enough. And I think, again, I think this is the other. I think, Smitty, you said it on the show with the Sharp Angle guys. One of the ones is going down. 
Here's the one. I, I'm not afraid to run this money line. I think Miami. Jason said it. You can't kill them. I think that's going to happen. I think that, I think this was a, a nail biter, and I think somebody makes a shot down the end to win this for the Kings. I'm jumping on board. Like I like it. I'm jumping with the points though. But <laughs> I have, I've always said Miami. I've said Miami's dangerous, so it's not like a true bandwagon. I, I'm going to take the points. We need some T-shirts or something set up. Here. I want a happy yeah. medium. Let's get a, a five-point loss by Miami, cover yeah. the spread, and I get my yeah, win. We'll, t- we'll take. The- yeah. Just for, Jason, just for Jason and Smitty, you guys should go on and get the uh, convicts versus Catholics. Yeah, there you find go. Those shirts since you're, not, since you're now pissed at Notre Dame for stealing your coach. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's move on. We got Princeton and Creighton. This game, I think, is going to be a little lopsided. I, I think the FAU team is probably the team if, if there's going to be an advancement. I think that that's going to be them. I, I think Creighton is just playing lights out. I think they're playing top 10 basketball like they were ranked in preseason. They're healthy now. They're they're shooting. They shoot from the three point line extremely well I, I actually think that they win by double digits I, I think Princeton ran into a Creighton team that's really fun in their stride right now I think Creighton could go to the final four and I would not be surprised so give me Creighton on the money line parlay give me him in, in a teaser and I'll even take the minus nine and a half because I, I think you getting them under double digits is a steal I, I just think they're going to out outclass uh, Princeton from the tip yeah this is a team Really, I thought Yale was the better Ivy League team. and But, hey, hats off to Princeton. They're doing a great job. I, I loved Missouri against them over the weekend, and, I mean, they proved me wrong on that. You know, the thing with the Blue Jays, they shot 45% three-pointers against Baylor. But we've been saying that. Baylor can't defend. You know, no. the guards did the damage in that game. The two guards, 30 and 17 points. Yeah. The first game, uh, the big guy underneath was the guy, I think he had 31 points. So, Different. The only thing about the Blue Jays, and I'm going to say this, and I think they win really quick. I think they blow them out, too. I'm right with you. I think a teaser play, take it down some more, and you're going to be great. And um, the only thing with that is the bench. They don't play a lot of guys. No. They go about eight guys. I think it was eight guys, and only one guy on the bench against Baylor got like 20 minutes. The other guys got like five and three. So as this team goes on, Man, the depth might be a concern for the Blue Jays here out of Crane here, but they're going to roll on. Uh, they're going to roll on Friday night. Yeah, I'll be quick here. Um, I, I don't know about taking double digits. That's a lot. Princeton, kudos to them. They played two teams though that kind of wanted to run, which played into their strength. They they're not afraid to actually run as long as they can stay out of foul trouble and keep their guys out on the court. Creighton can run, but they don't need to. I think they can just use their size. They're good shooting. They're great at the foul line. They rebound really well. They don't turn the ball over. Yeah, I I think Creighton's going to win. That nine is just maybe a little too much. I could see this ending up like a seven-point game, like getting some junkers down the end and whatnot. So just give me Creighton to advance. I'm I'm probably not going to bet this. If I do, I might look the over. Yeah, the one thing, let me jump in really quick. I think with the Blue Jays, they're going to, you know, Princeton, like Matt said, they're not afraid to run. They're they're gonna they're gonna go here too. They do like shooting the three pointers. They shot thirty three attempts the last game, so the Blue Jays better get out there and defend that because you know what happens when teams are hitting three pointers and they're gonna hang around a little bit. Chase, well, yeah, I mean that's what Creighton actually does. They defend the three point line, unlike the uh, other two opponents they play. So that's gonna be a big factor in this game. They only allow thirty uh, percent of the shots come from three, so. I think the advantage that Creighton has, too, and Arizona should have had this advantage, but they didn't play that way, is that they got a seven-footer protecting the rim for all the backdoor stuff, and they can get out on all their shooters. 
Like, and I, I Creighton, you know, they kind of run a similar offense. I'm not going to say they run a Princeton style, but they understand like the motions they're going to see. They see it every day. So I think this is a really bad matchup for Princeton. If they had got another quick team, I mean, the big thing Saturday was Missouri had to go zone, which completely got them out of their game and had them playing slow. And that team can't play slow and got them. Creighton doesn't mind playing slow. They don't mind playing fast. I say like, this is a really bad matchup for the Tigers to pull the upset. So I would lay the nine. I think this is going to be a route. All right, the last game of the Sweet 16 slate. It's going to be Friday, your 945s, number two, Texas, and number three, Xavier. Texas land four and a half, over under 148 and a half. I think it's real easy. I, I think the Houston showdown, even though I took the, I'm saying I'll take the points of Miami, I think it's going to be Houston, Texas. I think the X factor is Fremantle just not being there for Xavier. I think Texas. Uh, is legit. I think they have the guard play. I think they have the the big center down low. I think they have the uh, determination, the discipline. I mean, listen, they had a coach literally choking out his fiance, get fired, could have destroyed the whole team, and everybody would have understood, but they didn't. The coach went on an immaculate run, got this team focused. They're playing better basketball than they did with Chris Beard, in my opinion, and I think they get the win here. I Definitely Texas in a teaser. Texas money line parlay. If you can catch the number, if you can maybe buy down the four and a half to the four, I would be okay with it. I just think down the stretch, if you can get to that four and and Xavier has to foul a couple times, you'll get that cover. Uh, but I think Texas is the better team and they advance. Yeah, Texas coming right back to Kansas City. They just won at this place yeah. two weeks ago in the big you know twelve conference here. So. I'm not sure yet. I want to see this. I like Xavier. A lot of guys can score in this team. I Like you did say, that one of their key players not playing here. I, I know Jason's not a big Sean Miller guy. I kind I don't mind Sean Miller a little bit. So <laughs> I got to see where this goes, but I would not mind a teaser spot here. And I agree. Everything you said about Texas, I agree with you. I think they're a great team. The guy's done a hell of a job, so good for him. And But... The one thing I'm concerned with this teaser spot, I wouldn't mind taking it up. Jason Gunn. Oh, yeah. Yo, yes. It's anytime with Sean Miller is on site. Just to clear it out. <laughs> Fade Sean Miller. <laughs> um, now, you look at Texas, when they've lost this year, it's against really rugged defensive teams, like where they just can't get shots. Xavier's not that team. Like, you watch them play. They're a good defensive team, but they're not, like, elite eight defensive team. And for some reason, every time I watch Xavier play, they have one stretch where they look like they can beat anybody, and then their offense just dies, and they let everybody back into the game. That's happened like numerous times here, and I, I don't understand it. I guess it's just kind of the nature of their offense. They really don't have a star offensive player with Fremantle out. Um, they just have a lot of good scheme, and they kind of take advantage of the things you do wrong on defense. Texas impressed me. Like I said, I didn't know what Rodney Terry was going to bring. I thought they had the best game plan against uh, Pickett that I've seen all year with late doubles and kind of just took advantage of the mismatch with Funk all game. And uh, that takes some discipline. When you're a good team, sometimes you don't make the adjustments. Like, good guards. And the one thing I did see with Xavier, they really struggled with against. They were getting beat constantly. Texas will take them off the dribble all day. They'll foul everybody out. So I actually think Texas wins this pretty easily. Yep. I'm going to go I'm gonna go the teaser king approach here. But this is going to be the best bet of the, of the first two games or the first two nights. Texas, lay the points. Uh, Xavier is horrible at stopping the ball going to the rim. Horrible. Dylan Disu, who is averaging, I think, 22.5 points, loves to drive, loves to go to the hoop. 
I don't think they're going to stop him. Xavier's going to score, but Texas is too good. They love that coach. These kids actually have came out and said, we want this coach to be our coach. We want we want to win for this guy. Yeah, I think they're playing hard for him. I think yeah. this is a I statement win. They, yeah, Xavier just doesn't have enough uh, pop to beat these guys. We, I mean, we could be completely wrong. Smitty might be right, but I think this is the best bet of the weekend. Lay the points with the Longhorns. I love it. Well, that covers all the Sweet 16 games. We're not going to cover the Elite Eights until we actually know the matchups. We'll do that on Twitter. Follow us. Um, I don't have anything else. I, I think we keep this short and sweet strictly to college basketball. Smitty, you got anything? No. Enjoy the games, and hopefully um, we're going to help you win some money or fade us and win some money, too. All right, boys, you got anything as we close it out? You were the best, best, best XFL handicapper in the world. Give his picks on Twitter this weekend. Uh, I think I am. I was spot on with the over. I actually would be seven and two if I posted plays. I was six and one. I would have went one and one. Um, I thought St. Louis Battlehawks were going to prevail at home, and they DC defenders proved me wrong. Uh, they're the only undefeated team, and I think they are legit and they're getting better and better. I think they can beat the Houston is, Roughnecks. Is, is the game real quick? Because I have not looked. Is DC playing the Roughnecks? This they week? are. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you yeah. go, people. I'm telling you, if they win, they're. Lock. Yep. I, I think it'll be another over. I think it'll be another over. I think it'll be another over. I don't know what the line is. Probably 42 and a half, somewhere around there. I, I mean, I just think 40. DC. Is it 40? Yeah. So I, I I know how to cap this sport. I'm telling you, seven and two. I'm the man. Seattle. I don't know why. I don't know why. Nobody's worried about the, your quarterback issues Seattle's in Seattle. Gonna, Seattle's going to win nope, the championship. No. Nope. All right. 42. <laughs> give me the over. Um, I would imagine DC's favorited, but I'll uh, I'll be on Twitter with them. So, other than that, follow our Twitters for Sweet 16 official bets. Listen to the show. I'll give XFL. Smitty's killing it in college baseball, so keep following those. I'm starting to finally get away from the 500 mark. Outside of that, Sharp Angle Syndicate. Follow Sharp, our boys, yep. too, man. Smitty's best, best bets. bet is on there. Those guys are great. We're What's good the code again? NB. And- MBW20, man. Yep. Sign up with them if you need help, and that will help the boys out here at Notebook Wager and sign up with that code. All right, there you have it. Until next time, we're going to always leave the show, as we say, bang your bookies. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Good show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any I episodes, like and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.